escuchas Radio Cachimbona. I'm Yvette, and this is episode three. Radio Cachimbona is a podcast hosted by one Salvatorian, that's a Salvadoran Taurus, growing, healing, and storytelling in Southern Arizona. I'm here to storytell the fierce, ongoing resistance occurring in these borderlands and center Central American voices. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to have Alejandra Pablos here today in my home. She is a reproductive rights and immigrants' rights activist who's currently fiercely fighting her own deportation proceedings. Ale, could you please introduce yourself to the Radio Cachimbona listeners? Hola. Hi, everyone. I am super excited to be in my hometown in Tucson. Gracias to, you know, for you opening the doors to your casita. It's beautiful here. Hi, (laughs) y'all. And so first, I just wanted to talk about uh, you, what inspired you to be so vocal about the importance of access to abortions, especially for undocumented folks and immigrants and people who are vulnerable to deportation? Why is it important for these folks to have access to abortion? Ooh, yeah, that's a great first question. <laughs> I love that question. I mean, I can only say what's informed me really, right? It was the fact that I walked a life without having a relationship with healthcare, mm-hmm. for one. Um, and two, when your body is under state control and it's really not yours, right. you really can't say your body is your choice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I recently was pregnant in 2017, and I actually was like, I want to have a baby. Like, I'm 33. I feel like I just have so much love to give, right? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe I want to create a life. Maybe I want to have a community baby. And, like, you know, <laughs> my mom, you know, and my tias, everybody wants some a baby. So I'm just like, what, what, what does that look like? But honestly, I, I quickly realized, like, I'm in deportation proceedings. I've been fighting for Damn. eight years. Yeah. Is it ever going to be over? Am I going to be arrested again? And surely enough, a year later, I get arrested at a protest, uh, practicing my dissent, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, talking about, you know, the, the terrorizing tactics of ICE in Virginia, in Richmond. And I get arrested out of the 30-some uh, protesters. I was right. the only one that was arrested that day. Mm-hmm. And it was because of my loud mouth. Mm-hmm. So I understand that that we're in, a, in, in political times where people are going to be resisting and, t- and speaking up against the government, and the government doesn't like that, mm-hmm. right? So the fact that I'm already on, pro- on pro- uh, deportation proceedings, I'm an activist, I'm not going back into the shadows. And you um, don't have shame. I think that that makes them angry. Yeah, it's exactly that. And I think, again, we are at the forefront right now. You know, we are um, in a lot of spaces. Uh, uh, people are being centered that have lived through these experiences, you know. So I've been learning a lot of, as to the reasons why I've made these choices before. Um, why I don't want a parent right now. I can't control a lot, right? I mm-hmm. can't bring a baby into a safe environment when I don't know if I'm going to go back into into a jail again, right? I don't right. know if I have to fight for my dignity and for my freedom yet again at a court. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe be held for mandatory detention, right. uh, held for lies or a cop or an ICE agent just got really angry and pissed at what I said one day. Um, so all of my identities are really public right now and being an activist has has uh, really made that clear. So again, your question was, why is it really important for us to talk about uh, access to reproductive health care? Again, there are no livable living wages right now. We're right. fighting for $15, y'all. Mm-hmm. I know about five years ago, for a family of three to live a comfortable life, you needed people to make $23 an hour. Yeah. I know that things have gone up. You know, how like housing prices have gone up. Mm-hmm. A burger price has gone up. But our living wages doesn't, haven't. Mm-hmm. Makes me think, like, who are the attacks really on? 
right? right? On like working poor people, brown and black communities. So I think for us to be able to, to be like, you know what, I cannot parent right now. I can't afford another child. You know, working at the National Latina Institute for Reproductive Health and again, doing this education work in the communities, I've learned that uh, six out of 10 women or people that have uh, abortions are already mothers. Right. People don't know that. Because they know exactly what it takes mm-hmm. to take care of a family mm-hmm. and they don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. And we are the only ones that are going to, that, that should be asked this question. We're the only experts in our life. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we're in a moment where like supporting people. Uh, that can have um, that can create lives is the question and that means uh, supporting us by making sure that we don't have to think about abortion maybe mm-hmm. right because we get paid right. enough yes because we're safe out here mm-hmm. there is no violence against women in our streets mm-hmm. right there is support systems there is you know the patriarchy is dead right <laughs> but those are the things that I want I want to live in a world and work for a world where we don't have to possibly think about abortions mm-hmm. but at the same time also shout outs to everybody who just doesn't want a parent right right I just don't <laughs> want totally a parent fine. I don't want to create we are not meant here to just no. reproduce no. right so we have reproducing pot body parts in, our, in, in us and yeah. and we have to make sure that that this procedure this other part of our full spectrum of healthcare, which is an abortion could be accessible mm-hmm. abortions are safer than dentist appointments and an actual right. pregnancy mm-hmm. right so those are the the myths that we want to bust that you know Again, it's a it's a part of our full spectrum, and we should all have access to it. And when I talk about access, not just access to interrupting a pregnancy, but also access to cervical cancer exams, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Access to a relationship to a to doctors we can trust and that are culturally sensitive mm-hmm. to where we come from, right? Right. I don't want you to ask me about birth control when I know that you know for some people, people have been sterilized, you know, mm-hmm. unbeknownst to them. You know, that reminds me of that. Mm-hmm. You know, respect the fact that I just. Uh, I prefer to be safe in other ways and that I know how to do that now. And if I ever get pregnant again, um, I know that abortions are safe. Yeah. Right? I know that I'm going to be okay. I know that I'm going to be able to get pregnant again if I want. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Super important to talk about that. What I really appreciate about your analysis is that you connect economic justice to reproductive justice. And I think people wouldn't normally think about those two things at the same time. But I loved what you posted recently about just everything you just said about how it's really hard to live as a poor person in the U.S. right now. And what does it mean to deny people access to abortions? Like, are you making it so that they're forced to further live in poverty and create cycles of poverty? And I also, that's why I also really like the work, the like framework of reproductive justice, because reproductive justice isn't just about like access to birth control or access to abortions. Reproductive justice is also like women of color being able to raise healthy babies in you know in a context where historically we have been sterilized where we haven't been allowed where things like the welfare state and like dps takes kids away from families and you know in a time period where families are separated at the border like in a time period where like we we're just here to have anchor babies Actually, right. no. I know a lot of women without your stupid documentation <laughs> that don't want to have babies because of that violence. Yeah. Being in a deportation proceedings in itself is violence. Yeah. I, I didn't consent to be called illegal. Mm-hmm. I didn't consent, um, you know, when I when when we got into as a family to even like have papers define us. Right. We didn't consent to that. So I think it's like super important to challenge that. Um, and again, to talk about the all of the all of the daily things that that cause, that women are going to have to make decisions about that people 
that are non-binary queer people, mm-hmm. right? That are poor people, that are people being criminalized, disenfranchised, right? I mean, when you don't have a felony, you can't even access, you know, sometimes uh, live homes or, yeah. or healthcare, Jobs. right? So if you got pregnant, I mean, you can't even access condoms or birth control, and you got pregnant, and they would force you to have this baby, right? That's violence. Again, a war on people. It's like we're hated out here. I always say, mm-hmm. like, you know, the patriarchy is just hella jealous of us. <laughs> They hate because they can't create and destroy like we can, right? right. Like we get to really like um, again, we are the we we, we are the, the the core of everything, mm-hmm. right? Like we are the teachers, we are the community out here. We again, when you talked about um, reproductive justice, it was also like about birth justice, right? Yeah, out here at the same time that I'm so loud about respecting my right to like not have a baby, mm-hmm. I'm supporting young mm-hmm. young teen mothers and people who also think who also want to have a baby and mm-hmm. they do and they want to start a family. We also believe that they could and they do have that agency. Mm-hmm. We've been taking care of our little brothers and our little sisters uh, forever. I'm not saying that that is the same thing as a mother. Mm-hmm. Um, in our villages, back back when, back when before we got colonized, we were all taking care of each other, mm-hmm. right? And people were making decisions over their lives differently. And I think. We have young people, 16-year-olds, that, that we're supporting and actually creating, you know, families. And we want, again, to live in a world where your age doesn't matter either when you want to create a family, right? Mm-hmm. We are all here. We all have agency. We're all here to, to just live a life that we choose to live safe and with dignity and self-determination, you know? I really love that image of people taking care of each other and, like, uh, like a 16-year-old wanting to have a baby and being able to do that because they have a social support system around them that helps them take care of children. That's just... Right. I'm, and we've grown I'm inspired up with, by that. We've grown <laughs> up with accountability and, like, value and self-joy. You know, one thing that I've noticed by sharing my story and talking about this work and about my criminalization struggle is that we all, all of us share... Whether you landed in addiction, whether you're surviving the war on drugs, whether you're surviving domestic violence, whether you ended up selling drugs, shout out to all the drug workers out here surviving and thriving. In the day, we all deserve that that ability to create. Say surviving the war on the war on drugs. Um, again, people have that agency, right, and are able like through storytelling, um, they're able to have that agency and like you know kind of reown their 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 dignity again by sharing yeah. that story of power and how they survived it right we're all surviving right now the patriarchy we're all sur- we're Capitalism. all surviving the era of trump yeah. <laughs> you know like, yeah. like like really out here um again supporting everybody i also lately i've been having conversations about identity and like i was talking to a person that i really care about that is lucky that I care about them because they were in my life before I quote unquote got woke. Mm-hmm. And, and they say things like they get angry because of a label, for example, cis. Mm-hmm. And I actually don't know if you can chime in on this, but cis is a new label or maybe a term. Uh, yeah, a new term. But when I was just like, he was like, I'm a straight black man. And I'm just like, yeah, you are a cis heterosexual man. And mm-hmm. he's like, cis, what the fuck is that? And he like went from zero to 100 and got really angry. Right and was like you were saying like cis like feminine or I'm not sure (laughs) I was just like well cis just means that you were born and you 
accept and identify with the the identity that they gave you as a baby Mm -hmm. but like sexuality and like just gender people don't want to conform to that people's identity doesn't always match their body parts right so i'm explaining all this and he's like this must have been made by a fucking gay man or something you know and it's like okay yeah and if it fucking was and if it fucking was whatever but i'm telling you like like again right just like even learning and like giving more space to all identities and people the patriarchy is resisting it's really resisting at the same time that more women are feeling empowered, men are feeling more fucking attacked. Yeah. They're feeling more attacked and they're getting angry by these these labels and stuff like that. But these labels are also at the same time people don't want to be labeled, but they're making they're being exclusive, right? It's opening up space for all of us. Mm-hmm. Abled and not abled bodies, right? People Big just bodies. don't realize that the labels are already in place, so the boxes are already in place and they fit within it, so that's why they don't see exactly. it. Exactly. And we're like fucking adding circles and fucking, <laughs> you know, triangles and like and, and non-linear stuff yeah, right like yeah. we're, we're pushing that and people are scared of that mm-hmm. people are being challenged every day and i'm just again i i, I learned from all the other storytellers people who open up to me mm-hmm. and share with me but everybody has a reproductive justice story mm-hmm. because everybody's moving on this world trying to live their best lives as we say mm-hmm. and we want to support that whether you call yourself and even whether you call yourself a sex worker, whether you call yourself um, a, a caretaker, right? Whether you call yourself a, a labor worker, all of us deserve to choose the way we want to live, mm-hmm. you know, and to be able to afford good, fresh food <laughs> and to be able to um, not be scared and think about of the police and la migra every day, you know? And, mm-hmm. and then, so like injustice looks different everywhere mm-hmm. and the way that our folks are organizing looks different everywhere, but again, it's the same oppressive systems, mm-hmm. you know? people resisting abortion in mexico because if i understand it that's part of your asylum claim Mm -hmm. and i think that's really dope because uh, i get frustrated with how limited the options are for seeking asylum you know there's like race nationality religion political opinion and like social group yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, just a whole other thing but uh, you know, I see, especially the issues are, I see a lot of women experiencing DV mm-hmm. who don't have an option for asylum. And I also see folks who are affected by the pandillas who also don't have options. And I really appreciated you talking about how access to abortion in Mexico and the way that people feel about abortion in Mexico would actually make it unsafe for you to live there because you are a reproductive rights activist. So yeah. just wanted you to talk a bit about that and... Yeah, and I just want to give space to all the guerreras and the activists that are still doing that work. For sure. You know, when I talk about this and I'm wanting to be there, mad and love and respect to the, the people that are fearlessly that doing are that every day. Yeah. But you know, our, our homegirls over there, our, our homies are actually paying with their lives instead of with prison here, right? So that's the fear, right? That I'm going to pay with my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in 2017, we lost four women activists. Mm-hmm. They were murdered mm-hmm. because of their work, mm-hmm. right? I just saw on the news, there was a political activist disappeared that disappeared just last Tuesday. I forget who it is, but I actually just posted it on my story. So those are the things that it really informed me, right? But like recognizing that that work is gonna get done anywhere. And I'm gonna speak up against up, up against injustices everywhere, but I do know that I am gonna be targeted. And yeah, mm-hmm. the way that, that, that my activism and my storytelling and my organizing works is real aggressive. Yeah. 
real aggressive. It's real scary. I've had white folks here come up to me and be right. like, and be like, yo, like, well, how are you going to bring us in? Like, you know, because you kind of were intimidating. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm not here to bring you in. Mm-hmm. That's not your job. I said, I'm not here to bring you in. You know what? You came here because you actually did want to have a conversation with me. But if, but I don't have to go and find these people and be softer and nicer. Mm-mm. Right? Because also I live with intimidation every day by the police in my hood. And mm-hmm. like nobody's talking about that. Mm-hmm. Right? So actually it's your, it was your duty to come here and talk to me. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, right now you're a little bit more calm. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah. But that, my style when I'm talking about this, right? And I'm doing a workshop. I'm speaking facts. I'm speaking truth to power, right? But those are the things, right? So that there is this challenge in the way that I speak, right? That that policeman who arrested me, arrested me because I pissed him off. Mm -hmm. And I challenged him and I was like, quit your job, right? Mm -hmm. You're actually hurting people. Instead of here protecting me and asking me what's wrong and why we're so upset, you're asking us to leave and not practice our our First Amendment, right? Mm -hmm. Right? And not even asking us what we need. When we have posters saying that your agents are terrorizing our communities, they just dragged a father out of his home right right so again who is the real enemy but yes in mexico sabemos that there's a very good relationship actually mexico is our homies right the united states homies they're working oh, together yeah. right now too mm-hmm. to hold people under bridges on this on the board on the side of mm-hmm. the uh, the south of the border yeah. um so we're comrades right so the reason why asylum is not respected also is because there's a thing you know that the, there's that thing that's like yes these things might happen to you but does the police not protect you? If the police doesn't protect you, then maybe the U.S. can recognize that asylum, right? But according to the courts, people go to the police and, you know, the police does do something, right? Like, or whatever. But the thing is, the police is working with organized crime, Yeah. right? There's mm-hmm. that relationship that's so fucking real, which is the re- reason why we don't respect that again. We're a part of that organized crime ourselves, the mm-hmm. United States. Right. right? I, well, I, get, I get frustrated by the police report requirement of in asylum cases because, like, in all the Central American countries that I see, the police is just, like, completely broken down. Like, the police is the same as the pandillas. The police is the same as just organized crime, like you were saying. And so, like, people are like, no, I didn't go report to the police because I would be put in danger if I were to do that. You know, and we submit articles, like, talking about that. But it's... They don't... They don't... Again, they're squad. (laughs) They're homies. They're protecting, you know, white supremacy. That white cleansing, right? Because... You know, pay attention to also a legislation right now by even by Marco Rubio in Florida. He's like some a part of some shit to like open up uh, immigration for white Protestant immigrants. That's so but weird. my tia, my mother's sister, who is a U.S. citizen, my mother, and has appeal applied for my tia for 21, 21 years plus by now. Right. And it's still on the waiting list. But you want to tell us to come here illegally. The right way. There are no pathways to that, right? We're surviving right here. And we're still going to be reunified with, reunified with our families. Again, familias right now, all they're saying is that no documents are going to put us, are going to tell us that we're a family or not. Or that are going to allow mm-hmm. us to be, to be together. Yeah. Right? The familias have been speaking. They're just not listening to us. Right. Right? They say that they're going to put these tougher laws so we don't come. Bro. It's not going to work. Eating food, putting food in your mouth is more important than a law that we don't ever hear about anyways. What is it on your website? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's just really... I'm just really honored also to be a part of this... A part of these people. Be a part of us. You know? Mm -hmm. I'm so lucky I ain't white. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Honestly, because, like, I prefer to, like, struggle with my homies than to live a life of ignorance and, and white privilege where I don't get to 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 thrive in my in my culture and, and thrive in, in the way that we 
that we love on each other and the way we put our makeup on and the way that we listen to music and mm-hmm. dance and love on each other, right? Like, you know, regardless of the thing that we have to go through, I'm so proud to be Mexican. Mm-hmm. You know, I am so happy to to have this beautiful melanin and yeah. uh, to be able to call myself um, a criminalized person, honestly, because it, it tells me that I come from my lineage of resistance. Right. You know? I wanted to talk a bit about that, about how you've been criminalized because... The immigration system is a punishment system, and it's a reflection of how the U.S. handles like, substance use, abuse, trauma, the violence that comes from trauma. Instead of like thinking about how can we heal, the res- health, yeah. right? The response is let's punish this individual and not think about the larger context. And also, to we the U.S. has decided to give complete authority to a judge to make a decision, essentially in a lot of cases about somebody's moral character and you've talked publicly you've said that you have taken responsibility for things that you've done in the past and you have worked to grow to get to where you are now and it just makes you wonder what what point are is the judge going to say that you are a you know quote unquote a good enough person to stay in the u.s and and why should he have the power to do that anyway Um, i wanted to bring this up because i think some folks are still attached to this idea of like the good immigrant and versus you know the good asylum seeker that has committed no crimes and is just fleeing trauma um and Mm -hmm. but we throw a lot of people under the bus when we talk about that so i just wanted you to comment yeah um yeah so in this administration in 2017 the trump administration added a crime involving moral turpitude Mm -hmm. to my ice case Mm -hmm. which which referred to my two DUIs. Mm-hmm. So, like, and you can speak more about it yeah. I, with your experience, but, like, mm-hmm. you know, I guess the, the CIMTs, Crime of Our Moral Turpitude, speak of, about your moral, about, like, I did something twice, so that means, like, you're, like, a serial, yeah. you know, a serial bad person, right, yeah. or something. And, like, actually, the language is very extreme. Like, the case law says that you commit a crime involving moral turpitude when you do something that shocks society that's like unconscionable to do <laughs> i didn't even know that part yeah. which is yeah. i guess having these DUIs. that's how i frame it like because i always try i like say that and then i'm like oh see like what my client did wasn't that bad <laughs> right and, it, and it's so real because i guess that fear right that they want to instill again that division right like felons not family these yes. people are really bad but the truth is like yo and like that shouldn't merit like deportation. I mean, I we already. Well, yeah. We just talked about Arizona policing and how a lot of it is like pretext for just that person looks brown. Looks brown, racial profiling. I want to see if they have papers. Exactly. Like I, I've been stopped randomly, and I know for a fact he he made up like the reason why he stopped me. Right. <laughs> like failure, yeah. failure to. <laughs> I was like at a railroad crossing thing and failure to look both ways. No. <laughs> No, but it was like almost as absurd. It was like the pole was like almost all the way up. It was literally like this, and I drove forward. Mm, and he without said, like actually going all the way up, up. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, that was what I did wrong. And it's like that's this is. He said it was like oh failure to stop at a railroad place, but it's like I was I pushed back and I was like I'm confused because I did stop. So what exactly is this? And how? Yeah. Just yeah, that's it's completely it's completely a joke, and that's what it was, right? It was during the time of SB ten seventy, right? Yeah. Um, it was during the again our prior regime, and you know even today, and I think from when you said that part about like this shock, right? It's like these DUIs are also, 
you know, really frowned upon or people get really pissed, you know, mothers against drunk driving, right? These white women, like we're leading all of these like uh, really in- intense campaign. Again, and it's real. It That's, does cost yeah. lives, but also cops murder right. people all the time. Ain't nobody right. going up against the, I don't see no mamas, no white mamas going up against the police because that's too much. 53% of women that voted for Trump identify with their white folks instead of like their gender right mm-hmm. their feminine their their femme side or whatever but um anyways i was gonna start going on, on another <laughs> route but yeah i get when my, the duis like people troll me about the duis really when, like again everybody does it when i was going to ten, when i did two months for my first dui in 10 city mm-hmm. okay two months mm-hmm. 10 city there was white people and they're coming in for 24 hours doing 24 hours a time they had a good lawyer or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. We don't have money for lawyers. We get public defenders. Public defenders are a part of the system, right? And they're also a part of the, the criminalizing system, right? They're yeah. not going to fight hard for poor black, brown people because we're supposed to be criminals. We're supposed to cr- carry the label. So we're, so we're supposed to be carried into this pipeline, right? Our schools are being prepped. Yes. Right now to go into to go into prisons and jails, yes. right? Yeah. I uh, doing my the work that I was doing right now to actually prepare for my workshop on abolishing ICE last night at the Southside Coalition of Sanctuary mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I found a, an interview, a story, an article about two young people uh, fighting in school. I think it was high school young people, and now they're deportation proceedings. Oh my god! Right? Yes, like. So no, again, kids getting picked up at bus stops. Again, there is no they're not discriminating. There is no age limit, you know, right? There is no safe oh, zone no, yeah. that they talk about. When you you can't say there's a safe zone when we're trying to be safe from the police and the police is your first immediate response to anything. You don't pay your rent or landlord will call the police to get you evicted. You don't have an ID, a receptionist at a healthcare that ain't for the community, that ain't, you know, that's maybe just a government ran one. We'll call the immigration or we'll call the police, mm-hmm. right? Like the like there's always a police who's getting repon. So like that's the way that they've been criminalizing people outside. You don't have to go to a prison to no. know that you don't want to be there yeah. and that you don't want to go there. No. That those people stay on that other side. They're so isolated that we don't care about people that are incarcerated, right? Mm-hmm. But the fact is that those are our people. That's yes. our brothers and our cousins and everybody, right? And with this whole, like, when the DACA situation started, right, it automatically separated who deserves it and who doesn't. It's always been about who deserves it and who doesn't. There's a fact that I just learned, sister, talking last night about the workshop. In the 1986, the Reagan amnesty, mm-hmm. they were giving all these folks... Papeles. Mm-hmm. If you were an agricultural worker mm-hmm. and if you were living or if you were living here for at least five years before 1986, mm-hmm. you can apply for amnesty. Mm-hmm. But that was in trade off of, um, for example, the employment, the E-Verify, mm-hmm. like that's where that was birthed right. because they were going to start doing employment verification mm-hmm. for that then. Mm-hmm. And other laws that came that were birthed out of there that were making it harder for people to legalize mm-hmm. and for things to be started to be criminal, criminalized, right? Like it was more ambiguity. That's um, why we have to be careful about what we're willing to accept because it's like, yes. okay, well, you know, we were so excited. Like so many people got amnesty, so many people got papers. But then this tool is created that could criminalize so many people. And, you know, and, and like have my them end mom up got citizenship through that and I'm in deportation through that. See? Right? And that just, it just boggles my mind. Everything that yeah. I learn, the more that I talk and I share and, you know. And then the 96, the 1996 laws came about, right? Mm-hmm. That really, really started punishing and incarcerating mm-hmm. administrative offenses, mm-hmm. which are immigration offenses. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and those laws really expanded the reasons why people were going to get picked up and were going to be labeled deportable. Yeah. And it just made it hard for people to be able to like legalize themselves. So that's why we have a lot of residentes who don't want to. Because when you're arrested, I've heard of continuous, countless, I mean, uh, stories of, of residents who actually try to become citizens. And then they, they get into deportation proceedings. Right. Citizenship, again, is not going to protect any of us. We know that black folks oh, yeah. have been incarcerated, have been murdered, right? Mm-hmm. And they're citizens, right? If you're a felon or if you don't have a social or if you're undocumented, it's the yeah. same thing. Yeah. All of us need wages, need to work, need health care, need all of these things to 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 keep thriving and living yeah. and we are the people that are filling up these jails and that they want to take that away from us right and deport us and divide us too like point the finger at each other mm-hmm. so i think for me it's just it's really important to talk when they say you know we're not criminals we are workers actually to, to the government yeah. to the government this is la misma cosa trabajadores immigrant trabajadores brown trabajadores you are also a criminal like that is the same thing to them you're not a criminal to us Right, we're not. That's not what we see. But like, I know that when I see my tias and my homegirls driving to work without a driver's license, when women are surviving drugs and are in abusive relationships, you know, all of those people, I know that they'll be called criminals when they get in in, in the hands of ICE right. or the police. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where we want to get to that. Right. And again, not throw the bus under anybody. When we were talking about the wall right now, right, and we were talking about let, let's not do the wall, but let's have all these other things. There was also conversations about like a security wall, like a tech wall, mm-hmm. surveillance, right? Surveillance is violence, right? Right now they're trying to get the carceral state, mm-hmm. the mass incarceration to go into our homes now. Yes. Why don't we just yes. charge it's y'all? It's so important to talk about this. Charge y'all so we can jail y'all in y'all's house. Yes. I'm going to pay my rent and I'm going to pay to be jailed there. Mm-hmm fuck out of here right like mm-hmm. that's why there's such a big a call for like amazon right for us to start looking at what that surveillance looks yeah. like and not just surveillance for people like us you know but surveillance in general yeah it's widespread you have no privacy right like they have to, i didn't consent for you to set I, i'm honestly trying to fundraise and trying to like save money to pay a lawyer to take my file away from facebook mm. Like I really? shut that shit down. I don't have wow. it no more. I haven't had it for I don't know how long. You but I want my file. No, I want to. Oh, I haven't yet. To. I heard that people can do that. Okay, yeah. So I watched a whole documentary on Facebook and, <laughs> and our information and todo yeah. eso. But it's like beautiful that we can connect with our families from across the world. But they own WhatsApp too, right? Yeah. But it's also scary. Like I prefer like not if I'm gonna like be watched and like one day be trapped by them i don't know right like it's yeah. really scary yeah, yeah. and i have a lot of well dhs and- has started using facebook pages as part of as ways to criminalize people like they because one of the things that they do especially with the unaccompanied minors is that they try and claim that they're affiliated with the gangs right. and the way that they prove that is like they will literally go on people's facebook profiles they're like oh and you some- had a 13 here or like oh yeah or like somebody was like wearing a chicago bulls hat and they were trying to make the argument that that meant that they were in a gang i mean they just like you know it's just it's just stereotyping it's just profiling oh this is what you know a brown kid who what i don't know i don't <laughs> whatever it's just brown kid that means that they're in a gang that's kind of just what it is no, again it's like you can't get off of that gang database it's either scary, right yeah yeah they're literally taking our babies out you know and putting them into these jails They've even been pointing like, oh, you you reposted a meme and it said that like it's 
It's crazy what they're using to try and deport people. Yeah, right now, I mean, even if I get strategizing around my case, it's like, okay, Ale, like, let's not post any Blue Lives Murder and, yeah. you know, Border Patrol murder uh, situations because, you know, that's not going to look good. There's an yeah. ex-cop on the thing. Like, all these things when it's like, but, I'm, but am I lying? Right. <laughs> but am I lying? You know, oh my God. But again, even when I was inside, the reason that I was really actually scared for a moment, and I really actually didn't organize the way I really wanted to organize, okay. the way that I thought that I would, well, pre- that I prepared myself to organize from inside. Yeah, well, because Eli's my lawyers, hard. yeah, absolutely. Again, everybody that's there are coming from across the border, right? Like very little people. There's have, some LPRs. Absolutely. Very few people actually have had, like, you know legal status and if, even if you don't have lpr you have roots there mm-hmm. so those are the people i'm talking about maybe like 50 out of the 250 women yeah. right so yeah. it is really hard to organize but i remember my lawyers being like okay Alyssa milano and like <laughs> no. silverman uh, what's the other person sarah silverman are oh. sharing your <laughs> your fundraiser and like you know whatever your yeah. case yeah, and yeah. Like, you have hashtag ali versus ice you know you're gonna really piss them off and they're really gonna want to like challenge you and i'm like and i was it's scared so badass I was, and I was just like oh my god you're right I'm all scared and like you know all this stuff and they were just really trying to put that fear in me and then I think that's silly you realize it's been, that's what I'm saying like <laughs> even, like but I said the fear is real like I want to get the fuck out of there right I was just oh, like, yeah. I, I want to get out like what if they don't what if they keep me right all these things yeah And but later like I get in the fuck out it's like wait the paperwork actually has Ali versus Immigration Customs Enforcement. That's Department. what I was just going to say to you. I'm saying. Like, and it's like, <laughs> right, but it's like these fucking lawyers are trying to protect their relationships because they work in the system. They don't I fucking have that. incentive to fucking make me win. Yeah. The thing, Half of the things, yeah. you know, and half of the things that, like, they, they have done now that they're learning is because we've taught that to them. Mm-hmm. You know, Jacinta from Mijente, these fucking, like, community organizers that are defense community lawyers, basically. Mm-hmm. Right? They know so much shit. To what I've had, my lawyers be like, yo, my bad. Like, we should have done that. You're right. Right. You know, just because we've never done it doesn't mean that it couldn't happen or that we shouldn't have happened. And Right? So, like, mm-hmm. they're learning. We're informing them because we're the ones actually living this fucking life out no, here yeah. and, and learning from other states, other organizers, other cases. You know, we're working nationally, trans, locally, right? Like, from mm-hmm. ac- across the country. So... I just think it's, it's, yeah, it's super important to be, to know that lawyers ain't going to save us. It's mm-hmm. us. It's community organizing, yes. right? And we have to push our lawyers and we have to push past that f- that fear. I've learned so much, right? I'm really best believing that's never going to happen again where they make, they make me have fear and like yeah. silence me. They silenced me when I was in there, right? So my organizing looked very different, but it was beautiful because it looked more like one-on-one stories with homegirls in there, yeah. right? Introducing them to like the work that all of us are doing outside and yes. for them literally having hope and yes. being like, wow, I've never met people like you if I would have met someone like you I would probably not have five kids and five kids missing Mm. and continue to say like it doesn't mean I don't love my children but if I would have just had known that there was other choices yeah right I wouldn't have five kids missing also right right to just know that you had you have the agency you know they had Mm -hmm. just like you know shoved that shit down so far away that you didn't you you hadn't pulled it out right or you hadn't like played with it and celebrated it right and and yeah there's some of us that are talking about the right to do whatever the fuck it is that you need to live that life that you want to live it Mm -hmm. looks like everything freedom looks like space for everybody identity for everybody where everybody's inclusive Mm -hmm. freedom looks like you just listening even if you don't understand just listen Mm -hmm. you don't have to have an abortion ever in order to support my decision yeah right like these are these are things like you don't ever have to like 
be a non-binary queer trans person to know that people are making they're, they're creating um, identities they're for themselves, themselves right yeah. they're expressing themselves and we have to respect those identities mm-hmm. if they're telling you they don't want this or this is not safe listen yeah like like if you want to figure it out if it's real or not later do that on your own time but just <laughs> fucking listen do it in private. <laughs> right like just listen or just shut the fuck up you know yeah but by the Ella versus Ice hashtag and they like wanted to protect their relationship really with DHS and I think that's actually what I hate about being well I'm not officially barred so I'm a law graduate not a lawyer but there's just a lot of times like you know for example like detention people get assaulted in detention because of the negligence of the guards and so now like well this person was a victim of a crime we can help them report it and then they can apply for a U visa right and that's so bizarre because I just get confused. I'm like, wait, who are we here for? Exactly. But it's again in that system, right? We're already in a in a, a we're already reformists because we're forced to be reformists in a capitalist yeah. system, right? We're not a, when we say about when I say I'm an abolisher. Yeah, sounds good, but I'm actually not because I don't. I what does that even really look like, right? Yeah. But that is my vision. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That's my vision. That's that's the framework um, that I'm thriving for. But uh, yeah, it's. Um, and also talking about like, yeah, you, lawyers have to say certain things. They can never promise you anything, but they do have relationships, right? And things that could, that, that could happen and make things move forward. But I think, again, it's it was complicated some, to be in that so, position and be ethical. So it's so complicated. Uh, but it's also, again, being creative, right? Being creative in, in, in ways. And again, that, and I think we hit that, we hit that right now about like, they have to protect those relationships. They're going to be having that job. Matthew Green's office has like hella awards for being the best lawyers every year. Yeah. No, I know. I've heard and yet about yeah. we are definitely informing them, right? Yeah. Like they're learning from us. Well, yeah. Because um, you're teaching them a whole different legal model. Like, sure, they're like in the courtroom. They're really good at convincing judges what to do. They're really good at like making arguments in the law. But to be like a community defense lawyer, like you were saying, is something really different. It, like, you know, I think people just don't understand like, oh... I don't want to take a plea because I don't want to like sell out or throw under the bus the other people who are also being charged with this, you know, and that being totally foreign to people. Like, right. I don't even understand that that could be a posture you could have, you know? And as lawyers supporting that, right? I mean, then you're going to fucking take our money already. Like also, right? Like, also, support what people want to do and how do you really support that decision? Yeah. So that's why it's super important that our people are becoming lawyers, right? Like it yeah. really is that we are developing more community lawyers and we have to start funding these people to go to school, our comrades, our homies. It has to happen. Funny. It's really it's, <laughs> Yes, homie. Like, talk, like we have to talk about it. I'm telling you. And like I've been also super blessed to be able to like our homies are funding my my immigration this this campaign, this Keep yeah. Ali Free campaign. Go to keepalifree.org to, to, to sign up and yes. get updates and support. And there's always some sort of way to, to support um, as far with money and stuff. But supporting us, like, hey, you should go here and share your story, right? Like, I went to Columbia University and shared my story, like, with different kinds of people and, like, different um, movements and all this, right? But, again, 
we need we definitely need more people that get it that are going to yeah. be working that are going to be pushing the envelope and we're going to have to find because like who, who those people are it's people that can't afford it right mm-hmm. it's people that can't afford it so um it, we got to just build that power build that power build that power within each other develop each other mm-hmm. to be those people that we use like I, this is a not probably not so much in, in the same topic, but the like Flowers and Bullets is a Tucson organization. It's a local organization that everybody should be following, and I've learned so much from them. They are they just flipped a old school that's abandoned, and they got a grant to open it up, and it's a farm. They're cool. building a farm, and also their membership. There's a directory of all the skills that all their members have, mm-hmm. and like you don't have to go outside of this membership. It's amazing. Put this money in your community, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like we need all these resources. How are we developing each other to become these people of experts, right? Mm-hmm. These people that are gonna like they're gonna like be they're gonna help us be freed, right? The liberation is gonna be ours. Yeah. So I think absolutely we need more lawyers that are uh, that are gonna be pushing the envelope to be more creative and that are gonna see that in that system, what side are you on? Who are you defending? What relationships? Yeah. And like, what does actually, it mean to win? Mm-hmm. You know, because I think they a lot of lawyers are trained to think that the judge making the decision they want is how you win. There's so many different kinds of ways to win, you know. Getting a message across to the judge can be a win. like to pack in the courtroom what you know it's just right yeah you know uh listening to your client is a big win (laughs) yeah honestly Um, yeah yeah no i hear that i appreciate you for bringing that and i appreciate for having for for you to have that lens and be able to have this platform too to like share those things for sure talking about Eloy and what it was yeah. like to be there piece of shit yeah yeah um, how did you endure I know that I I'm really moved always when I see you post about the friendships that you made with the women there you know because I'm sure that's how you survived so oh my gosh my homies yeah you know the first two years my first time in, in Eloy you know I was really lost mm-hmm. at the beginning and you know super disorienting super scary yeah and that was really i it was a time where i held on to my family our religion our spirituality praying uh praying looks very different to me now but definitely that's how i endured um i sing a lot of songs in church mm. it's actually a, a short film a short justice film that was oh, just made okay. of me it's, it's like a little 15 minute film and there you see a lot of that, and I cool. actually sing one of the, my favorite songs from in there, El Alfarero. Mm. Uh, if you've never heard of it, y'all look it up. We should share the lyrics. Yeah. El Alfarero is really like talking about being renewed, and like, but it's such a difficult feeling to also see myself because I also think that that religion and that mind that kind of control can also be really bad. And when I hear that song, I'm just like, I was enough, also. Mm. I didn't have to be remade. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to be put through fire mm-hmm. to learn about my people, yes. to learn about who I am. You know, I didn't have to be put through the fire to like want to fight for other people. Mm-hmm. Like if we, if I just would have grown up in a system that like valued humanity, taught social justice, mm-hmm. taught accountability, comprehensive health care and, and sex education. And, you know, 
taught about yeah just about like global global wealth and global humanity right like people across the world like i could have learned that lesson it's like we don't have to learn things the hard way i think that's so important because like i think some people of color forget that we can be soft with ourselves and each other like pain isn't inevitable mm-hmm. you know i think it's hard for us to imagine that because of all the trauma that we see it teaches face. punishment in the united yes. states right yes. we're, we're a country of punishment you know the military right now is teaching everybody across the world how to do the same shit they're doing to us mm-hmm. mexico is being privatized or prisons are being privatized mm-hmm. right now right mm-hmm. so it, it so it's a reminder that movie is a reminder of like wow i really needed you know that that form of god right because i also believe that i I have my beliefs i you know my mothers Mm -hmm. my ancestors have been those gods and those are the people i pray to now and have a relationship Mm -hmm. with and Mm -hmm. all that right and like that looks different to everybody um and i respect all the religions i actually went through all all my first two years i visited all the religions and i got what i what i should have gotten out of all of them and and really just just came you know really just came at the end with the fact that like everybody needs something to be the best thems and some people just need religion and that's fine and spirituality christianity whatever but like also some kill right we have to recognize that so that's Mm -hmm. not good um but also some of us like don't need that right like we don't need to go to church we don't need to to not drink or or feel like caffeine is even bad to write and like we can all discern what's man-made and what isn't and out of all those beautiful not all the beautiful knowledge of all of that i just learned that you just have to be a compassionate person Mm -hmm. and love people right i think it's the root of just loving so came home and realized you know i came home and realized like oh shit this is really not for me i kept trying to go to church and they would tell me oh you need to cover your shoulders because you might entice men and i got reminded like fuck I just, yeah, this is just not for me. And you know there's that same logic in the detention centers? Like, I've been told twice that my dress was too short, and I had to go to my car and put on a dirty pair of pants because I was like, whatever, I used to see my client, I don't care. Right, so, you know? yeah, so that just reminded me of, like, the patriarchy in, in Catholic, Catholics, Catholicism, Catholicism, Catholicism yeah. and <laughs> Christianity, and I got the fuck out. But the second time around, this organizing that I held on to, right, it's like... That it's that powerful. kind of gospel, right? Yeah. Our, our, so yes. our, like, human rights. Talking about different kinds of church, I think that's the kind of church. Exactly. Like, and I talk about us, like, spreading our gospel all the time, yes. right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to keep having, speak, speaking to the choir, right? I want to be, I want to do our, po- our politics and our personal political work on the mainstream radio waves. You know, we have mm-hmm. resistance and because they don't let us be on the radio waves because we're too political. But right. shit, Trump is political as fuck. Everybody's political as fuck. Right. We're going to have to fight to be it's on these political. FM stations. We have to, right. So that is my goal. Yeah. Shout outs uh, to me when that shit happens. I'm affirming <laughs> it now. I'm going to get an FM station. Yes, but, you know, yeah, good. like it just looked, it just looked different the second time around, right? And I was able to endure it because of the, of the, of the sisterhood that, that was supporting me from outside. Mm-hmm. The organizing, the knowledge that I had we're not i'm not the first one i'm not the last one we are we, you know we are the right. we are the people that are going to have to you know keep pushing forward and i'm and, and and we do it for for the future so folks don't have to you know keep fighting ice right keep fighting uh police brutality keep fighting um this war on on families and i think that thing- makes so much sense that you the second time around 
you felt so much better and you were able to endure because you were building power. You were in, in organizing, you were reminded of the fact that like you all have power because the detention scheme and guards and all, all the whole thing is like meant to make you feel powerless, make you feel mm. like you don't have agency, you know, oh my gosh. You need permission for everything. Yo, when I first walked in, as soon as the fucking bus dropped us off, I saw a woman that I was there five years ago, right? Oh, or God. whatever, however, however four years ago. Been, yeah. yeah. And I was like, fuck. So I go up in there and the, she kind of remembered me. And mm-hmm. then I go, as, as I'm touring the whole like intake situation mm-hmm. of like processing, everybody's like, damn, Pablo's you back. And then I'm the, and you know, and oh this God. is me. Listen. Yeah. And then I'm like, damn, you're still a CEO. You haven't moved up. <laughs> and like started doing that every day. Right. Or like I had CEOs being like, Hey, Pablo's like, everybody wants to talk to me. Mm-hmm. Pablo's, can you do this? And I'm like, nah, I don't help the police. What? We're not the police. Yeah, yeah you, you are. are. <laughs> I was like, you would either help them, you probably tried to be one, and that's why you're here, right? Or I start just breaking it down and, like, all of this, and I'm just like, so the whole time, that power dynamic also, it's like, I'm pushing on that. I'm mm-hmm. like, you have no power over me. You might be locking me up right now, mm-hmm. but my mind is free as fuck, mm-hmm. and I know why I'm here, and I know what I'm, like, working towards mm-hmm. to end, like... I'm going to be me here. Yeah. Right? So, like, that was beautiful. Which um, is, like, the fiercest kind of resistance. And that's why, like, uh, my work is hard, but I think it's the people that I see that keep me going back because I just feel honored that I can be witness to that kind of resistance. It, it, yeah. That resilience that, like, yeah, that nobody gets to see, right, under these cold-ass walls. Intentionally. You know? These are yeah. bodies that survive the ice boxes. Yes. Like, when people don't understand how cold that shit is, like, I wanted to die, I remember being in there, and just, like, we survived that shit, yo. Yeah. We survived hunger, and, you know, we survived even the, the embarrassment of wearing, like, stained, bloody underwear, right, in there, because they give you used clothes. They don't give you no new shit, mm-hmm. right? Like, we have to, like, eat, you know, like, pregnant women don't even get extra food in there. They're locking up pregnant women Pregnant women, women are being detained, yeah. Yeah, like, they're not even being released anymore. Yeah. Thank you for shouting that out. Like, <laughs> pregnant women. <laughs> but, right, like, it's just, like, the we're sur- we fucking survive punishment every fucking day in there. Mm-hmm. And for me, the second time, it was just, like, wow to how much worse things have gotten on their end. There is no oversight. You know, Jeff Sessions made sure that before he left, he left the Department of Justice um, with no need to have oversight over the Department of Homeland Security and ICE and CBP, mm-hmm. which is why they've been murdering kids mm-hmm. and people have been dying in our, in our in our detention centers more than ever. Mm-hmm. But that's also why the reason why the defund hate campaign the Detention Watch Network has is even stronger. The organizing is getting stronger. You're killing our people, right? Like, uh, there's a stronger connection between black communities. You don't have to be a black immigrant to know that this is also your fight, mm-hmm. right? What happens to black folks is happening to us. Mm-hmm. Until black lives matter, we will matter. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's why it's super important to, you know, to tie our, our to tie our work to the liberation of black folks and to make sure that all of, that we're like really intersectional with our work right now. When we're working in silos when it comes to immigration, it's not good enough. Yeah. It's just not good enough. <laughs> but I kind of wanted to like call it out, emphasize it, is that ICE targets political activists and ICE targeted you and ICE has targeted a lot of other activists that we know about. 
so can you talk about ICE enforcement? I mean, I think ICE enforcement is kind of always political because we're all political bodies, but can you talk about how that affected your activism knowing that you were being targeted? Yeah, I mean, yeah, people always ask me, like, but you're being targeted for your criminal record, right? And I'm like, both. Yeah. Absolutely both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's no violent, nothing in there. There's no victims in there. Mm-hmm. Like, also, let's think about that. And also, again, when I was in detention, I was being charged for paraphernalia. Mm-hmm. Later on, four years later, almost four years later, the Trump administration added CIMT to me. Mm-hmm. ICE arrested me at this Virginia protest, charged me with obstruction of justice and trespassing. Those charges got dropped, mm-hmm. but those charges are still in my ICE paperwork. Mm-hmm. So tell you tell me, am I being targeted for my activism? Right. All I can speak about is the facts, yeah. right? I don't know. Right. For all I know, that police at enrichment could have just gotten pissed because I heard his eagle. Absolutely. <laughs> Right, but still, those when it things matter. A pattern, I think we just need to pay attention to. It. Right, and still, those things matter. Again, even though those charges got dropped, even though that cop got pissed that day and decided to ruin all that shit, right? Like, you know, those that, again, those charges are still being used mm-hmm. and on my paperwork. Mm-hmm. Right, that that CIMT before that that protest arrest, mm-hmm. I, those were still attacked and added to me mm-hmm. to just make my fight even harder. Mm-hmm. So that's what I know. And absolutely, it's, a, it's been a history. We know that. We have Mumia still mm-hmm. fighting to get out, right, mm-hmm. in New York. Mm-hmm. Somebody who's, who's so super, super sick and there's no reason, nothing against him. You have no evidence and he's still in there. Why? Because he's always speaking it. Because he yeah. has his own radio station. Because he yeah. keeps writing books. Writing books. Yeah. Talking about the truth, mm-hmm. right? So everybody who's going to keep challenging and going to keep, you know, speaking truth to power is always going to be a target. That's I mean, true. we just had, did you read about that article about the activists by the border being surveilled yes right mm-hmm. like i people have reached out and be like are you on it and i'm like you know i don't know and i really don't want to know because i don't want to because you're right it does affect me i say mm-hmm. like maybe i shouldn't go to these places i go certain places and i'll be like maybe this time i shouldn't wear this shirt go through tsa maybe i shouldn't wear my fuck eyes shirts right like there's always something that i have to be thinking about when i get into my car are my headlights okay i don't want to get pulled over because i know in arizona ice comes with the cops Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right so it's like everything changes when you know that you're being public and when you are organizing against them and you're organizing people to 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 wake up and be and and pick a side Mm -hmm. we're in a moment where we have to polarize people and use uh, people power use these momentum these momentum type of situations right so it's like what side are you on and right. and and that's scary to people right? it's scary to the government right every political uh activist from a lot of black panthers had to to leave yeah to be leave in other country. countries right mm-hmm. so that's where it's gonna get for me right like i know that my case is gonna have an end date what is that gonna look like if we don't fix things that are gonna protect me Mm -hmm. or change things that are gonna protect me right like i have to make a decision Mm -hmm. do i go their way or do i go my way Mm -hmm. right yeah i'm not there yet but let's talk later (laughs) (laughs) well i just want to thank you so much for all the work that you do because you do put yourself at risk and you do put your body on the line in a way that most people don't and i'm super inspired by you Thank you so much. I'm just super honored that I through this I can meet and have so many girlfriends everywhere, homies, just people. I mean, I have people that also like fundraise and be like, hey, but this is not for your legal fees because fuck the law. 
this is for <laughs> you to, that, yeah. this is for you to thrive live, yeah. and i'm like okay bro thanks for this thousand dollars because you know yeah. it's like it's good it's like i can use this to travel i can yeah. use this um to pay my fucking rent, rent yeah. right like it's just things got really you know things get really limited and really scary um and and it's those homies that us it's us out here in the communities and it's a very small percentage when we talk about the masses right so i'm in danger not even just by like state agencies right like i sat next to a fucking person on the airplane that was like basically attacking me talk about like oh so you just think the government should just take care of everybody right like you know and i'm just like yeah actually i do <laughs> because my taxes pay for your war and your mass incarceration right. system so yeah i want them to pay for free services for health care and housing absolutely right right but that person could literally do something to me yeah. make me disappear mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and like these white men mm-hmm. are are pissed yes. all these men are pissed right and like i can be like you know in danger all the time so it's not even just from the state but just from like again being free and using my mouth to speak truth to power and something that people don't know i think is that i get in border areas like white militias have actually started springing up like like that violence is real Yo, out of all the stops from the Chingala Mira tour, if y'all haven't seen the videos, go to the chingalamiratour.com. It's a, it was a project from Mi Gente, Latinx and Chicanx, Black Latinx uh, uh, membership uh, organization, digital, that does a lot of work to, to uplift policy issues that matter to us. And we did a Chingala Mira tour. We went to about 10 cities. You know, Arizona was the only city that had the organized white nationalists there. Wow. And you're right, they're coming from the border. They're, like, mm-hmm. out there with their guns, yes. right? They're out there fucking... You know, Governor Ducey has only given one pardon in his, like, last four terms. And, like, this time, it's a very unutilized tool in Arizona, which I'm going to change. Yes. I'm going to change that. But um, he's only given one pardon. It was somebody who wanted to get his gun rights back. A white old man. Wow. Um, like, he probably out there in the fucking desert. With his guns. Right. Yeah. Acting like fucking Border Patrol right now. That's what we have going on here in Arizona. Yeah, and that's real. And again, the injustice looks different everywhere. And I actually just got a fellowship, $20,000 fellowship Ooh. to do a Abolish Ice podcast tour. What? So, that's dope. Yeah. Oh so God, that's why I was very it. excited to see a little setup. I'm just, so I love it. And I can't wait to like work together. But yeah, I'm trying to record. I'm trying to tour Arizona. Ideally, um, like the Southwest New Mexico, Texas, California so border. Mm-hmm. Not sure how if I can get all of them, but yeah, and try to just get the, those real stories of those like stories we don't hear because don't, it's scary, yeah. right? Right. It's scary to talk about them. So a lot of probably anonymous stories, but like those stories of those people in limbo. I know I've met people from Afghanistan that are deported already, but because they can't get no paperwork or documentation to travel, ICE is just like, well, until they lift up. Until the war is gone or until you can get documentation, we'll just hit you up when you need to leave. Yeah. And this person is sitting there, like, literally shared this in, to us. And it's a disabled person on a wheelchair. Wow. And it's like, I can't think of buying a house, falling in love. Like, because you're I know that one day I'm going to have to live. Yeah. I have to leave one day. Like, they're going to force me to, to leave. And this is a veteran. So, like, to be able to hear those stories. Like, those are the stories I want to talk about, right? Those people that are, like, that can't talk about being in sanctuary and people's homes possibly... Um, you know, the stories of folks that like are, are, you know, Cambodian, Filipino that are, yeah, just in, in these like weird places of the broken system that are never going to be able to do nothing. We're just like not going to, there's nothing put in place for us. We're going to just be here with limited, limited rights um, and never with, with our home. You know, I want to live in a world where people choose where to live at. Yeah. You know, where they choose to be with their families, mm-hmm. you know. And, like, some people want to go back to their countries. Oh, of course. But they can't. Yeah. You know, people the system, the oppression, the, the 1%, all of that shit, whatever you want to call it. Like, we still cannot choose anything, mm-hmm. you know. So, 
it's hard. It's going to be a hard fight, but, the, but we always have to be aligned with what we want, our ending goal, and that's for people to have reproductive freedom, mm-hmm. freedom to choose, to move forward, to thrive, to go back and forth, mm-hmm. to learn, right? To make mistakes, to be supported, to be loved. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here, Ale. Is there anything you wanted to end on, anything you felt like we didn't cover? Mm, maybe know, so like a, a call to action maybe. yeah maybe a call to action i think right now i'm gonna be in dc y'all april 15th for that whole week lobbying around the 1996 crime loss uh paying attention to arizona laws sentencing laws is going to be really important uh, but also nationally at the 96 laws if y'all folks don't know a lot about the laws i can i'm down to talk more but the 96 laws where basically Bill Clinton started a set of laws that really uh, made it tough for people. As far as like people detained inside jails or in prisons, they couldn't. One of the laws was that they couldn't um, sue the prison system. So all grievances had to be internal. Mm-hmm. So you had to really like actually yeah. complain to the actual people that are oppressing you and abusing you. Yeah. Right. So that was part of it. But mm-hmm. the 96 laws, when we talk about as far as deportation and criminalizing immigration, um, it's, is is laws that have literally made it hard for people to legalize themselves mm-hmm. or to get out of the pipeline. Yeah. And um, it just made like a lot of criminal offenses deportable. Exactly. It expanded who was deportable and even into like, you know, nonviolent, Right, those yeah, just drugs, a whole yeah. set of fucking laws. So we're going to be talking about those, and we're going to be trying to. So it's really important to talk to your legislators, to talk yeah. to wherever nationally, if you're a part of any groups, talk about it, find out what's going on, uh, find out what cases are being seen in the Supreme Court right mm-hmm. now. Uh, they're overturning cases like the pre-app, and these are like abusers, yeah. white supremacists that are fucking doing this, right, mm-hmm. at the national level. So just really keeping keep in tune with what's happening when it comes to criminalization. And I think... Obviously, signing up for emails at the keepalefree.org website and just, you know, keeping in contact with me, sharing opportunities for me to share my story, donating, sharing all of the work that me and my homegirls and my community is doing. Um, Those are just some concrete calls to action. Um, You know, the way to dismantle ICE is to create legislation that it's going to literally dismantle the agency Mm -hmm. and also uh, to defund it, right? Mm -hmm. So follow Detention Watch Network, follow Mi Gente. Mi Gente is taking lead on on, um, really you know, talking about ICE and surveillance, uh, right? And so everybody's doing a lot of great work and we just need a lot of the support and all the people power. Dope. Okay, all right. cool. Thank you. Thank Anna. you.